Like you can do it with intention and say, you know what, I want to be an entrepreneur, I want to start a business. Or you can come into it by accident, you, you, you stumble around a bit, but you have that mindset, so you just step into it and become it. Namiash confides that she's an accidental entrepreneur. The CEO and co-founder of 10-year-old Jive PR and Digital says that her business actually evolved from her contract gigs, which for many PR professionals is a familiar scenario. According to the Government of Canada, the gig economy is growing steadily, meaning that many young people can expect to find themselves, intentionally or not, in the role of a contractor or freelancer. For some, this becomes their long-term reality, and for others, like Lindsay, it launches them on the path of entrepreneurship. That word itself conjures a spectrum of feelings. Defined as the activity of setting up a business and taking on financial risks in the hope of profit, becoming an entrepreneur can equate to rock star status for some, while for others, it can mean taking risks that are a little too scary to imagine. A couple of weeks ago, I connected with Lindsay, who offered to share her thoughts on the entrepreneurial mindset that can set PR practitioners up for success. I jumped at the opportunity. My college teaches entrepreneurship and consulting skills, and I was certain that Lindsay's experience and success would inspire our students. In addition to heading Jive PR and Digital for the past 10 years, Lindsay is involved in a number of philanthropic endeavors and has been a guest speaker in a variety of business podcasts, is a regular contributor to Forbes Agency Council, and has been recognized across a variety of platforms for her entrepreneurial success, including Vancouver's Top 40 Under 40 and the Financial Post's 100 Most Powerful Women. Lindsay is also a UN Ambassador of Women's Entrepreneurship. I'm very happy to welcome Lindsay to PR Delivered. Thank you, Andrea. Happy to be here. Great. Um, let's start off, um, you know, just start off with the word entrepreneur. What does it mean to you to be an entrepreneur? And then perhaps you can tell us a bit about how you became an entrepreneur. Yeah, that's a good question. I think that, you know, entrepreneur has been a loaded word over the last few years in terms of it gets this like almost like glorified what a, a rock star or an actor used to be that you know like oh yeah it's so cool um but it's you know yes maybe it sounds cool but it's 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 a lot of work and it's just it, i think it's a mindset more than it is anything it's the ability to have a vision for something and then follow through with it and by follow through with it i mean you come up with a ton of obstacles but you still keep your mind on the vision and you work your way through the obstacles. 
Uh, and I think an entrepreneur is just that, that determination, that grit, that vision, uh, and consistency. So it's more of a mindset, I feel, than it is a, a job title or a, a something to, to strive for. It's, it's a mindset. Mm, I'm hearing you, you know, when you're describing being an entrepreneur in those words, what I'm hearing is that you're accountable. You have to be self-accountable. I think that's the biggest thing is that if you need someone to keep you accountable, you can get a coach and all that. But if you truly want to be an entrepreneur, you need to not rely on anyone to motivate you and keep you going. You need to be able to motivate yourself and keep yourself going. I think that's a really good distinction. And that's probably the part that's really scary for people. <laughs> um, uh, so tell us a bit about how you became an entrepreneur. By accident. So that's what I say. I'm like, I say to people like you can do it with intention and say, you know what, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to start a business. Or you can come into it by accident. You, you, you stumble around a bit, but you have that mindset. So you just step into it and become it. Um, I lived for, for many years abroad in, in London, the UK, and, and also in Mumbai, India, where I worked in jobs uh, in, in different industries, television, film, and, and all of that. And then I moved back to Canada and I couldn't get a job. Uh, it was so funny. I was like, interviewing for things and people were like, you know, you've got international experience, but not Canadian experience. And I was just like, I could not get any job. And so, you know, by necessity, I just started doing contract work with some of the connections that I had back in, in London and India. And then one thing led to another. And next thing I knew, I, you know, I had to find a business partner and we were hiring people. And um, so it was really, it, it creeped up versus me saying, I'm going to be an entrepreneur and this is what I want to do. Great. That's interesting. Um, you have done many things and uh, have been recognized widely as being a successful entrepreneur. And the one thing that's really captured my, uh, my curiosity and interest is uh, your role as a UN ambassador of women's entrepreneurship. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm actually involved in two organizations that are uh, closely tied in with the UN, all surrounding women's entrepreneurship and also the, the, the SDGs, the Sustainable Development Goals that the UN has, um, you know, but they're just they're recognizing the need for for encouraging female entrepreneurship around the world is is a part of a business builder, and I think it's it's brilliant the way they've done it, and the tools and resources they have are huge. Um, but through one of the associations that I have with them is through this group called Women's Entrepreneurship Day. So it's a global day around the world where ambassadors create events in their cities um, to promote female entrepreneurship. And it's, you know, it's, it's all tied directly into to those UN goals. And it's amazing when you get an army of just determined women together and men get involved as well, but really like an army of determined women who put on these events. And some events are these massive things. Like last year, there was one a big one at, um, the, at when we were a media in person, but at LA City Hall, and it was huge. And then some events are these small, intimate gatherings. And so it doesn't really matter what you do as long as you're like facilitating the conversation. And I think showing people a path, right? Because you don't know what you can do unless you see someone else's journey that they've done it before. Um, definitely, there's those trailblazers that don't see anything and they just do it. And, and those are fantastic. But for a lot of people, they need to see something tangible and say, oh, wow, I could be that. I could do that. And I, and I think that's what this movement is doing is it's just showing, um, showing the path and showing what people have done before and encouraging younger generation that, that it is possible. That's awesome. I'm hoping, I'm hoping those that listen to this podcast will be inspired uh, by you in that way. Um, 
you were interviewed in Business in Vancouver magazine where you shared 10 tips on being an entrepreneur. One of your tips was to encourage young people to take risks because they can. Can you tell us more about that and any other tips you'd like to share? Yeah, that's a, that's a great one. I think that when you're young and you're starting out in your career, and I'm not saying that you don't have any like, you know, risk aversion, like they're, they're obviously like you need to pay your bills, you need to, there's so many things, but when you're young, you maybe don't have a family yet, you're just supporting yourself, you don't have huge mortgage payments that you have to hit because you got yourself locked into something, you can afford to take more risks. You can afford to test things out. And if they don't work, it's not going to break your retirement savings because you're just in that beginning stages. And I think that the lessons that you learn from success or failure when you're young help you so much more in the long term. And I feel that just young people have this beautiful opportunities. I'd, I'd say, you know, under the age of 30, just like really try and take calculated risks that you're sitting there saying, okay, you know what, who cares? I'm going to spend a year trying it. And if I don't learn, I'm going to get some great lessons. You know, and there's a, there's a really famous study that's done for, you know, for people who are on their dying, you know, their dying legs or they're, you know, they're about to pass. And um, the one thing that was the number one regret of people ready to pass on was I didn't take enough risk. Mm. I played it safe. And like that's powerful, right? Like if you can learn from people who can, and, and overwhelmingly that was the response. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think young people need to take more risks and they should. It develops a muscle that helps them later in life. That's great to, uh, to hear you say that. Would you say that uh, this generation, this, you know, the generation that's about to graduate, have you experienced or have any sense, are they more or less risk averse than let's say the past? You know, I think that, I mean, it's, that's like such a generalization and, and I understand that generalization, but it's, I think it's really unique to the individual and circumstances because in some ways I would say they're much more likely to take a risk because they have access to so much more. They can see opportunities of people who start businesses in other countries and, and that, and then in some ways, like if you look at the generalization of this millennial mindset of that, they always need positive reinforcement and they don't know how to like lose with like grace and they don't know how to be told they're not amazing. Um, yeah, then that cripples, I think, the ability to, to take risks because they, they, they need that praise. But I don't think that applies to everyone. I think that's such a generalization. So I think people need to look at the stereotypes because there's something also about stereotypes that it, it applies to enough people. But look inside because that stereotype most likely does not appeal to you. It, it's, it's, it's not you. The ability to look at a stereotype and say, no, I'm not that is so powerful. Um, so I think, again, going back to that mindset thing of what an entrepreneur is, it's, it's a mindset. It's, but it's also sitting there and saying, you know what, maybe I would be scared to take this risk. And why is that? So looking into what it is that blocks you, because it's, here, I'm going to go on a bit of a tangent right now, but this is a big thing I, I, I preach on is that just learning a tool set, like, you know, I want to be setting these goals or I want to be a better public speaker. And you're, you're layering on all of these things to make you be better at something. And that's great. And that can work for a certain extent, but really what's important is the foundation that's supporting what you're layering on. So if you have a block somewhere subconsciously that you don't know about, you can put as many tools and tricks and hacks on, but in your foundation, there's something that just doesn't feel right. So I always say to people, like, look within yourself and say, why would I be risk adverse to that? Hmm. Sit with it a little bit and you'd be surprised what comes up. So I think also part of an, being an entrepreneur, and we didn't touch on this at the beginning, but is a lot of self-work because people who are 
strong from a subconscious and inner level, they are the ones that can weather and go through anything. And it doesn't even matter the tools at that point, because you just have like such a strong rock foundation that you know what to do. So I always say put if as much, if not more work into working on your inner self as you do as to perfecting your outer skills. That's really an interesting perspective and makes a lot of sense. Um, uh, just a little bit, uh, just to recap a little bit about the uh, risk taking. Do you think that social media and the various platforms that are available to young people are helping people take some risks that maybe otherwise wouldn't have, uh, you know, they couldn't? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think social media is a great test thing for a business. Like you can have an idea and say, oh, I wonder if people will do this, you know, create a Instagram page, pay for some ads to go out selling whatever your idea is and see if people click, see if people, and you don't have to have the product ready to go yet. Maybe it's like an email list saying, just sign up and we're going to let you know. And that's a really quick way to judge if there's product market fit versus, you know, getting all this investment, spending all this money, doing these things, and then being like, yes, this is the best, and we're ready to launch, and no one cares. So I think social media provides a lot of opportunities for, for quick testing on product market fit, um, and also finding great products that exist in other parts of the world, or ideas for services that exist in other parts of the world, and just remaking them for your local market. Like, you don't need to recreate the wheel a lot of times, you just need to sit there and say, hmm, okay, that's interesting, I wonder if I could try this here. That's great. That's, that's inspiring. Um, not everyone who studies PR wants to work agency side. And I, and I feel as though being an entrepreneur, being entrepreneurial often fits with that whole agency mindset and, and getting business and that kind of thing. Um, and not everyone obviously sees themselves as an entrepreneur. So do you think that those skills, those entrepreneurial skills are important for all PR practitioners? So I'm going, to, I'm going to address that question in two points. So I think PR, I call it PR communications, is an essential skill set for anything in business. If you can get your point across, you can influence people in the direction you want to go. It doesn't mean that you have to sell a product. It just means that you have to be able to communicate with people on a way that they understand, listen to, and, and agree with you or disagree, but you're able to get your point across. So I think communications should be taught in any industry you want to go in. Um, the ability of PR is just to package communications into a way to position things that work for a market or creatively tell a story that works for a, a certain niche um, and I think that's that that's a huge skill set to have so you don't have to go agency side um, you know in order to use use that skill set in other things you do in life and I'm sorry did I miss the point of the question because there was an entrepreneurship part to that and I just oh yeah just saying like the skills as an entrepreneur um, are they important in PR regardless of whether you work agency or client side right so I yes I think so I think the, the, especially anything in the PR industry, agency side, in-house, that self-starter mentality of driving yourself to be like, oh, did I, what journalist could I do this with? Oh, I bet I could try this one. Hmm. And then you follow up with them and they don't, you don't hear back from them, but you need to motivate yourself to remember to follow up with them or, oh, maybe they didn't get back to me by email. I bet if I follow them on Twitter and like comment on one of their posts, like you need that mindset of that tenacity of doing whatever it takes to get to your end goal, which is your story place that I think is that cornerstone of that entrepreneurial mindset. So they go hand in hand in, in, in my opinion. 
I think that's a really great, those are really great points because, you know, earlier we talked about entrepreneurship being um, an element of it being accountability, but it's also what you just described, taking initiative too, you know, oh. and, and having ownership over the work, whether you're working for a big organization or working for yourself. Um, my favorite word, my, my staff will always laugh, but my favorite word is proactivity. Proactive proactivity. Like that is, if you have that skill set, you can make it in PR. Everything else can be trained. But if you don't have a proactive mindset, don't apply. Like you just, you're, you're not going to survive in this environment where we need self-starters and people who are, are motivating themselves to get the job done. That's, that's good insight and I think helpful to any young person starting out. So thank you for that. Um, and there's no, and sorry, I just want to add to that. There's no, if you don't have that, like some people aren't built that way. Some people are built to be learners or teach. And so I think it's, it, it, it doesn't make you bad if you don't have that. It makes you smarter if you can recognize what your skill set is because um, not everyone should be everything. We don't want everyone to be proactive because then we would have no one being like, you know, deep thinking and, and doing other things. So I think it's, you know, if you don't have that, don't be discouraged, figure out what your strengths are and then find the career that's right for those strengths versus trying to fit yourself into, you know, a round peg into a square hole. That's, that's good insight. And um, in a previous interview, we talked about choosing agency or client side and, and it was the same type of um, insight that look into yourself and figure out who you are and then figure out the path that matches. So um, I'm happy to hear that echoed. Um, on your website, you posted a number of blogs and in one you talk about the importance of marketing your own agency. What are some ways you do that and have these approaches worked? Yeah, so that's like, this is, you know, our biggest downfall until the last, I'd say, year or so is that we had cobbler shoe syndrome. We did marketing for absolutely everyone and we would hit them on all parts, and, but we didn't do it for ourselves. It was just, we were so busy servicing our clients that we just neglected ourselves. Um, and I think, that's a, I think that's a symptom of a lot of agencies, right? You get so busy and, you know, the pri priority is a client. So we made a real effort to make Jive a client of Jive. Um, a, a year and a bit ago. And so things that we've done is, you know, focusing more on our, our Instagram feed, uh, focusing more on LinkedIn. You know, we've grown the agency on word of mouth, which is, you know, great in some ways and, you know, a testament to, to our work. But we've, we've also scaled, we've expanded to the US where, you know, we're, we're working with clients internationally. So how can we be where they are? I'd say for, for business to business, LinkedIn is a great place to be. Um, I'd say for if you're doing, you know, you want to work with consumer brands or, or consumer companies, Instagram is a great place to be visually because that's where most likely they're going to be marketing to their audiences. So you want to be seen there. Um, podcasts, like just like chatting with great people like, like yourself, like this, this is just part of it. It's just, you know, and I always say it's not about jive per se but for it's like the industry like the, the more that the industry rises and the industry has that credibility and stature and you get the right people in it everyone rises up um so i think it's just it's it's important it's important to practice what you preach and also don't do everything because i think there's you know especially with digital marketing right now there's so many things you can be doing you can be doing paid ads google pre-roll thought leadership PR. like it's so much and i think then you just do a lot of things not 100 percent. so pick one two or three things focus on those for a set amount of time assess if they're working and then add something else into the mix and take something away if, if one's not working 
that's good. That's good. And that's actually pure PR, isn't it? Evaluate. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Funny how that happens. <laughs> there you go. And you're literally practicing what you're preaching there. Um, have things, um, have things changed in PR over the past six months and is entrepreneurship any more or less important given the, you know, given the changes we've seen over the last uh, brief period? Yeah. So I think both are more important. So I think communication is the most important thing right now because we've removed a lot of the face-to-face. So your ability to speak through written words, through visuals, convey stories, hit the right of tone. So you're not tone deaf based on the situation that's happening in certain parts of the world. Like that has become more important than ever. And also because everyone is online right now. So you need to have your, your, your presence there digitally and be able to communicate exactly what you want more so than when you could you know, throw a big person in-person event and just like convert people by the feel of the brand. You now need to be able to communicate it digitally. And same thing for entrepreneurs. I, you know, I firmly believe that like constraint is what fuels creativity. And I think entrepreneurs are the leaders in that. They're able to like look at something and be like, you know, a boulder's in the way and they figure out 50 ways to move around the boulder or like what to do with the boulder. And so I think that more than ever, that creative component of being an entrepreneur is so important. Um, I know for us, for our clients, like, yes, we're a PR agency and we've helped communicate the messages that our different clients have had, but a lot of our clients have had to pivot. You know, we represent a lot of um, sports teams or live music venues and all of them have had to pivot their business models. So, you know, we would sit down and would do brainstorm pivot sessions with clients. So yes, like, what are we going to communicate your message, but how can we help you adapt and pivot? And those are so fun. Like just the, you know, no idea is a bad idea. Put the most random things out and see what sticks. And then, you know, the direction that you see people take from that, it's, it's cool. Like, I think it's, you know, don't get me wrong, like the health issues of COVID, I have like a lot of respect and, you know, sensitivity around that. But I think this is the best time to be an entrepreneur. I think there's like so much opportunity right now. Um, and entrepreneurs are the ones that, that naturally go and seize it. That's great. I can sense your passion and uh, I can tell why you're an entrepreneur because you, you have that, you've got that drive. I, I love it. Um, in the past, you were a curriculum advisor for the University of British Columbia's digital communications program. So you know what PR students need in order to be prepared for the industry. Um, do you have any final thoughts you can share with the young people who might be listening and are just starting out in the profession? Yeah, I, I, that's, a, that's, a, that's a great question, a great point. So I think you know, having the, the toolkit case is really important, like knowing, you know, knowing the terminology, knowing the functionality of whatever area you want to go in, like have those basic points, but there's nothing that substitutes real life experience because you can do so much theory in the classroom, which is important because you need those, that base, but get, even if it's for you volunteer for a charity or local charity organization, you sit on their comms team, or you in your mind said, you know what, I'm going to create a project of a random thing. And I'm going to write PR pitches for this, even though they might not go anywhere. Like practical experience is key. And I think that self-motivation is what key. So for instance, when we, you know, we get so many people that apply to our, our agency and the ones that stand out are not like, you know, everyone has a great CV and they're perfectly written. So there's no problem there, but the ones that stand out are the ones that go that extra little mile. They'll go sit there and say, Oh, Hey, I noticed that you had this beer client. I was just thinking about this really cool pitch. And part of their cover letter is a pitch for one of our clients. 
I mean, it doesn't even matter if the pitch is good or bad. It's just like, almost like, wow, like that's such initiative that you've taken and you understand what it is that we do. So I think that students today, because there is so much competition for, for these roles, is they need to figure out little ways to stand out and also show that they can take the classroom knowledge and actually apply it. Mm. Uh, in the last episode, I interviewed uh, the winner of the student campaign of the year for CPRS's ACE Awards. And they spoke about the importance of having real world experience. And the uh, young woman that I spoke to said, I always take my classwork and make it like it's real life and apply that kind of real life uh, enthusiasm and uh, accountability and seriousness to it. And I think that's exactly what you're saying is to have that, that mindset that everything you're learning has an application and to think about that application because that's really what's of value to. Yeah, exactly. And I think if you can do that while you're studying, you're going to be leaps and bounds ahead of people when they go into their internships and then they're just learning to do it for the real first time for real outside of the classroom. So if you can train that in, I love that approach that that person said is like, if you can do that at the same time you're doing it and it's not a lot more work, it's just a shift in how you look at it. Um, huge advantage. That's great. I really appreciate your time. I, uh, I've learned a lot about entrepreneurship uh, from you, Lindsay, in this short talk. Uh, thank you so much for joining me and uh, for sharing your thoughts and your experience and clearly your success uh, with, the, with the listeners. Uh, thanks, Andrea. It's been fun chatting. And I think your, your students are lucky to, to have you and, you know, giving them this direction and, and giving them access and insight to, to different areas of the field. I think that's important too, is like, you know, not just the training in classroom, but what does it look like in the real world? So yeah, no, it's great that you're doing this. That's great. Thank you. All right, Lindsay, take care. Okay. Bye. Bye. Once again, thank you to Lindsay Namiash, CEO and co-founder of Jive PR and Digital. Thank you to Ryan Garbett for music and production. PR Delivered is available on Spotify, Anchor FM, and Google and Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to reach me, Andrea Tavchar, you can find me on LinkedIn and Twitter.